and sunshine, rocking the good time with all our friends. Easy and carefree, out in the summer breeze, loving a simple thanks for hours on end. Right about sundown, we lay on the ground, count on the stars as they come out one at a time. Ain't this a sweet life? Hey everybody, I'm X Factor winner Tate Stevens, and welcome to the Sweet Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from music, sports, food, entertainment, and, well, just living the sweet life. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today, episode number three. Today, AJ, listen, I have I have this, this huge place in 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 my love for music for bands right yeah um going back uh, you know and, and not just country all genres of i love bands bands are you know ario speedwagon journey those kind of things sure. you know what i mean in, in in that world and then you come into the country world you go alabama you know obviously um then you you talk about people like the statler brothers uh the oakridge boys um but more so for me the statler brothers i think uh Growing up, listening to Statler Brothers music, my dad was a huge Statler Brothers fan, um, and and so having that playing all the time in the car, at home, whatever, yeah. um, just listening to the harmony and and you know, there's something about harmony for me. Um, even even when I go out in, in in our shows, you know, I want harmony. I don't it just you know just to hear a guy sing is okay or a girl sing it's okay. But you know, when when you put some harmony parts in there, it, it builds it so much bigger. It makes it stronger, uh, and and it kind of gets points across better. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean. So it's kind of like layering guitars or or you know drum. You know, a, a tom just hitting one tom sometimes is more powerful than doing some cool big old roll down. Right. The top, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I think harmony is that way for vocals. I think the more harmony sometimes it, it's needed. And and you know uh, and you know obviously not sometimes but right. but um, you know for me listening to bands and, and like I said the Statler Brothers uh, it, it's it's one of those things you hear it and you're like oh my god it's it sounds to me it, it brings me back to when I was a, a young young kid um, and then you know it, it's it's one of those things when you hear a Statler Brothers song you don't have to hear it for 20 years right and then as soon as it comes on you sing it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just that it's like muscle memory kind of thing. It's, yeah. it's, that's that's what their music uh, has been for me forever, uh, as far back as I can remember. But talking about the Statler Brothers uh, today, we have Jimmy Fortune from the Statler Brothers, the Country Music Hall of Fame. Statler Brothers, I mean, they're in the Hall of Fame. They've won so many Grammys and mm-hmm. awards and. And entertainers of the year, I think, uh, vocal group of the year a hundred times. You know, I mean, it's just the the awards are stack up and, you know, from the floor to the ceiling for those guys and yeah. their music and what they've done in country music and gospel music, too. I mean, right. way back even before, before, the before country, country yeah. it was gospel, you know. And, and uh, you know, so it, it's, it's crazy that to get to know somebody um, from that world and... and who is has seen that life and who's who's been part of, a part of something as great as the Statler brothers like Jimmy Fortune has and and uh, you know getting to know Jimmy a little bit um, over the last you know uh, seven eight years man he's just he's it, it's amazing how 
nice of a person he is um, and how respectful and, and how humble he is. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I'm a songwriter. Like, you know, we all try to be songwriters, right? And uh, I know I'm a terrible songwriter. <laughs> um, but how would, you, how would you like it if you just said, hey, I'm going to write a song today. And you write a song, and then you take it to the band you're in, <laughs> uh, and they say, sure, we'll record it. And it's a number one hit, and <laughs> you win song of the year right. for your song you wrote by yourself, all by yourself, yeah. the very first one. And, oh, then you write another one <laughs> all by yourself. And it's another number one hit and another song of the year, and you get writer of the year awards and went what how does that even happen i write songs i'll write a song and i'm like i don't even want anybody listening to it because it's terrible (laughs) you know what i mean uh and and so jimmy fortune oh my god and and okay so talk about the songwriting and we'll let him talk about that too today but singing um it's a maniac it's it is that is it is i mean i it's like how how are you that good? Yeah. From the time you're 19 to you're 65. Yeah. I don't know how old Jimmy is. I mean, he's 60 something, I'm sure, right? Yeah. But well, how how old how old how I mean, well, I was born in 83. He started singing with the Statlers in 82. Right. So as long yeah. as I've been alive, <laughs> He he sounded the exact same. I know. That's what I'm saying. How does it? How do you? A how does your how does your voice singing that many shows? They did a ton of shows. They toured yeah. a ton, and then they had their TV show too, where it was every day. You know, they're doing a television show yeah. and touring on top of it. When they weren't doing the TV thing, they were touring. So how how does that? How do you keep your voice and, and sing that high? Yeah, and it's happened to everybody. Like everybody's, you know. They age thirty years, their voice is going to deteriorate yeah. a little bit, a little bit, or but you, not his. His nope. sounds exactly. No, the that's same. what I'm saying. How does that work? And you know, and here's the thing, uh, you know, and I'm sure it's effortless. If you ever watch Jimmy, f- listen to him or watch him sing, it's effortless. The yeah. things that he does, the way it's it's just like breathing for him. And I, I mean, I, I truly believe that people are put here to do certain things, and he was put here to be a singer. And, mm-hmm. and and sing and and write songs and <laughs> and just be a, an amazing person. But it's funny um, just how good he is still today. Yeah, from when he started to today, it's the same. It's Hasn't exactly changed. <laughs> I mean, you would think, oh, you can drop it a half step. No, nope. no. Nope. In fact, let's let's bump it up a little bit. It's not really that hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's it's sing like, it even <clears throat> higher. Yeah. So we are here with uh, my buddy, Mr. Jimmy Fortune, legendary. I'm gonna say legendary. Um, because if you're legend, that means you're it's past tense. But if you're legendary, you're still going and things are still happening. So uh, this man yeah, is, and the dairy part is when you're milking it for all it's worth. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, legendary. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Mr. Jimmy Fortune of the world famous, world renowned Statler Brothers, and uh, yeah. So, Mr. Fortune, how are we today? I'm doing good, Tate. I'm a big fan of yours, by the way, by golly. One of the best singers on the planet. And uh, and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, brother. I, I really am honored to get on, on the show with you. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. I know you're busy. You guys got a lot going on. Um, so 
let's start, man. Let's uh, let's uh, let let these people know a little bit about Jimmy Fortune. So we're gonna start like um, why uh, and, and what made you uh, uh, want to get into music. What was that? What was that as a kid? What were you doing? Uh, as far back as I can remember, my family sang. I'm number seven of nine children, and uh, we sang. And as as kids growing up in church and things like that, with my my dad and my mom uh, at times, from time to time, um, I thought everybody could sing. I thought you walk, talk, ate, ran, whatever, and you, everybody sang too. I was six years old. I found out that wasn't true. Uh, at church one Sunday, this man came in, standing next to me, started singing. I'm like, "What in the world's wrong with him?" My mom says. <laughs> He, son, he, you have a talent, and then God's given you that talent to sing. Everybody doesn't have that talent. So that's when I realized that singing was a talent and a gift from God, you know. I found uh, an old guitar in a dump near my house because we were so poor, and honest to God, we were so poor I couldn't afford to buy an instrument. Okay. Uh, in a dump near my house, an old guitar that had two strings on it and was actually a, a little plastic guitar. I took it home, and I started playing you know, little songs on it, like just uh, it, on those two strings. Mm. I had that guitar for uh, for about four years, and uh, Mom and Dad, when I was 12 years old, Christmas 1967, scraped up enough money to buy me an old Harmony guitar for $52 that was too much rent and groceries for nine kids and Mom and Dad. Oh, man. And they got that guitar for me for Christmas, and I got it that year, and I held on to that. I, I saw it next to the Christmas tree sitting on the couch. I ran over and grabbed it. I said, if I can play, if I can learn to play and sing at the same time, Daddy, I'm going to make a living at this. And he said, boy, are you crazy? You said you can't make a living playing music. He said, why do you think they call it playing? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I, I – I didn't take his word for it. I just kept trying and trying and trying, playing every chance I could. Right. P- PTA meetings, and the first gig we had was a PTA meeting at, at elementary school. It was four of us, me and my buddies, put together a little band, 13 years old, made a dollar piece. Nice. And I told, I told my daddy, I'm on my way. That's when I realized, I really realized that I was somehow going to be making my living playing music. That's what That was my whole idea. That's what got me started, got me hooked. Right. And, um... I wound up playing clubs back in Virginia for a lot of years, uh, right, right. four nights a week, six, uh, uh, I mean, six nights a week, four hours a night, uh, year after year after year, yes, sir. Uh, until I was 26 and the Statler Brothers hired me in 1982. It was temporary, come in, fill in for Lou DeWitt. And, right. uh, you know, I'm just trying to make a lot of long stories short because there's so many stories uh, for to, sure. to tell. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm writing a book, a matter of fact, it's called untold fortune that'll have all these stories in it that okay uh, good good very I, good so i'm thinking people would would like to hear that but that's when i became one of the Statler brothers in 1982 because lou dewitt suffered from crohn's disease and uh right. he wrote flowers on the wall many other songs mm-hmm. and that brought me to that point uh and um so and it is quite a story it's uh, a lot of god things have happened in my life sure and um all through it all uh from the start till even now okay so so many things so let me ask you this so back we'll back up just a little bit so as a kid you're playing you got your buddies you're 13 years old playing your little pta things high school comes uh you're still playing music are you writing at this time are you writing your own music are you just kind of playing what's popular and 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 what kind of music were you doing were you doing bluegrass were you doing country music were you doing rock music what or kind Mm -hmm. of a, a mixture of all of it 
Well, at first, when I got the guitar, I didn't know any songs. I knew some gospel things, you know. Uh, but I started. I did start making up little songs on my guitar, like just playing uh, uh, melodies and stuff like that. I didn't know what I was doing. I just didn't know. I was switching chords and just kind of doing things like that. Okay. But then I started. Uh, Daddy started getting me some music. He got me Charlie Pride. He, he got Ben Camel. There was a fr- couple of first albums that he brought home, and because uh, he got finally got an old stereo, like one of those old floor model stereos that had an eight track tape player in it that actually recorded i thought i had a recording studio really i was so happy and uh he brought home those charlie pride records uh because before that he had been taking me to my aunt aunt's restaurant who had a jukebox and he was putting nickels in the jukebox for me to learn these songs off of he'd get me to write the songs he'd say he said now you got to write these words down fast because i'm running out of nickels you know so that's (laughs) that's how and uh Wow. So I was learning these songs, and then finally he got some albums, and he brought them home for me, and I started learning some of those songs. And I, it was Charlie Pride, it was uh, you know Hank Williams, it was sure. uh, it was uh, Glenn Campbell, uh, any anybody like that. And of course, I was listening to some of my songs that my sisters were were doing. Some of those songs like the Beach Boys and sure. all the pop stuff back in the day. But what really got me was when uh, somebody brought me a. Um, a cassette, um, and it was about 1969, uh, which I'd been playing a couple of years, and uh, I didn't know who it was, but it was the Eagles and Peaceful Easy Feeling was on that that first album that they put out, right? And there was no writing on it or nothing. Somebody gave it to me and they said, hey, "Listen to this," and and boy, I was hooked. It was the Eagles. I didn't even know who it was, but I started learning those songs, and then I I just fell in love with that kind of thing, right? And uh, and so um, I. I kind of i wasn't uh hooked on any one thing i just liked i just loved music mm-hmm. i didn't care it, to me it was two kinds of music good and bad right if i didn't like it i didn't like it but if i liked it i didn't care what it was i was going to try to do it and i was going to try to learn from it i was kind of a what i call a a, a jack of all trades master of none really because sure. i just love so many different things and i'm so uh you know ADD, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, I get it. I couldn't settle in on one thing, so I just did a lot of different things. And I loved harmony singing. I loved to sing harmony mm-hmm. more than I did anything. Really? And um, then I tried to play my guitar. I wasn't a great guitar player, but I did learn enough to just play along with myself and try to accompany myself. Right. And to be a, a, a rhythm player in, in bands, because there were always lead guitar players out there that wanted to play, and I was willing to let them because, you know, I liked I liked rhythm and I liked backup singing and I, and that's kind of what was my my forte. Right. But uh, but anyway, as time went on, uh, I got into clubs. We got to doing uh, uh, cover music, what I call. Sure. Um, and and so I wasn't writing in any of this time. I was learning other people's songs. Right. And so um, I'm going through the clubs and doing the doing the club thing and uh, like I said, six nights a week, four hours a night and. Uh, and so I was enjoying it. I went through all the, the pop music, top 40. I was doing disco. We had a nine-piece disco band, rock band, <laughs> wow. uh, cover music. I mean, we were doing the BGS. We were doing Cool in the Gang. We were doing uh, ja- uh, Michael Jackson. We were doing everything. And we had, we had some really good bands. It was just a lot of fun. I mean, I just was right. having a ball uh, going through the disco era when all the dancers were hitting the floors and doing all the dancing and stuff. And I, I mean, it was... It was really cool. We had a 
we had a uh, uh, an Elvis show that we did because Elvis had passed away in 1977, and we were um, we were doing his life story, and then we would go into after his life story. Uh, my cousin Didi was Elvis, and he had a, had the suit and everything. I mean, oh. he had it all. <laughs> And and when we would do his life, I would start out and do his. Uh, I was doing his uh, life story in the beginning, and uh, like in the songs that he was starting to learn and do, and some of his first recordings. Yeah. And then we we would stop everything. The lights would go down, and then it and then we'd start this thing, ladies and gentlemen, and start this da 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 da, and the lights would hit this this. Uh, it was a big Sheridan Inn where we were playing at. The lights would hit this door, and Dee, my cousin, would come through that door. And man, the women—you couldn't hold them back. They the first <laughs> night, they almost ripped all of his clothes off before he hit the stage. It scared, it scared him so bad. It scared all of us. I mean, we were like, "Oh my God!" And I mean, we were up there playing his and, and narrating Elvis's story and telling all about it. And Didi came off the stage that that night. He said, "I don't want to do this anymore." That's he said, funny. "I don't want to do this." I, I, he, and we were like, "Well, what do, what do you mean, man? We made all kinds of money tonight. We got." To, he said, "I'm not Elvis Presley, and I ain't never going to be." <laughs> so you were really. We just found out that Jimmy Fortune might have had the first Elvis tribute band ever. <laughs> <laughs> huh? It was, awesome. and it was exciting. And then after we finished that that night, we go into our set of you know our disco stuff, our rock pop stuff, and it was a, it was a really pretty pretty good thing we had going but um anyway i i did that for years different bands i had a southern rock band i had a rockabilly band i had um the pop top 40 band i had all these different things that i was getting into and just having an absolute ball right but i had written a song before i was with the Stadler brothers and i saw i never I guess I never had a reason. I went to Harold Phil and Don after I, they joined the Stadler Brothers. I knew that Lou wrote songs like Flowers on the Wall, many right. other songs. And, that's, and I said, if I, said, if I write a song, would you guys record it? And uh, Harold looked at me and he said, well, little buddy, yeah, we'll record one of your songs that you write if it's good enough. Wow. And I thought, well, what more of an honest answer could you give? So I literally took him Elizabeth the next day. And uh, tell and, me, uh, tell us, you got to tell. So you told me this story, um, and and uh, so this this is crazy. You've never written a song. This is this is your first attempt at a at a songwriting, and and mm-hmm. you go to you were in a hotel room, right? If I if I yeah. remember right, you were in the hotel room. So you go ask Harold and hey guys, can if I if I write a song, will you record it? And they're like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure we will, but it's got to be good. So you go into your hotel room. And what happens? Well, I had before that I had uh, had a melody in my head that I kind of knew that was a good melody and everything. I was looking for some words to go with it. Before we get to, we're we're leaving for Tulsa, Oklahoma. Before that, uh, and and Oklahoma City to do a couple concerts that weekend. And um, on the way there, I'm hearing this name over and over in my head: Elizabeth, Elizabeth, the here and there. And then we saw the movie Giant with Elizabeth Taylor. And then we go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm doing a concert. This young lady comes up out of the audience and grabs my hand, holding on to my hand. She's saying, I'm Elizabeth. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm just hearing this name over and over again. So when and then I asked Carol about about writing a song. He said, yeah, if it's good enough. And but it, so I go to the hotel room that night. I have two of those tape recorders. I have one of the, the Walkman, you know, two of those Walkman tape recorders. Yep. And they were on cassette. 
and I go in the bathroom because there's good echo in the bathroom. There's a reverb. <laughs> reverb. You know, I, so I'm in the bathroom and I I sang it through and and played it and then I turned the one recorder on and I sang into it again to put another part on it and then I then I turned them on again and back so I kind of back and forth with so I had the harmonies on the uh, on that tape recorder so they could hear the harmonies because I thought that was if anything sold that song it was going to be the melody and the harmonies right and and I had what I thought was a pretty cool word because uh, all these alarms were going off in my head so that, like uh, I got I felt like it was God trying to tell me something hey you know how many families do you know have someone named Elizabeth in their family not only one but two or three or four or five I mean it just goes on and on and on it's a big name. If you can write a song and a melody that can go with that, then you may have something. Right. And sure enough, when I hit play on that thing and it, it was on the bus and they sat there and they were kind of like, well, yeah, that's going on our first record with you. That's going to be our first. And uh, it was on the Today record. It was a number one song. I won Songwriter <laughs> of the Year for that song. And it's the song of the year, uh, 1984 in country music. I mean... So here's my first attempt at writing songs. I uh, <laughs> it's nothing like yours, by the way, Jimmy. I didn't I didn't write Elizabeth when I my first. I don't yeah. Oh, I don't even remember the first song I wrote, and and I probably it's probably a good thing I don't remember. I'm sure it's terrible, but so I mean that's in a, I mean just in itself, just that there alone. If you didn't do anything else, if you just said you know what I'm done, I'm good, guys. You guys go ahead. I'm good. I'm I'm done. <laughs> I mean, you have a, a it's a, an amazing, amazing thing. So, so now, uh, now you're out. You're out. You you are part of the Statler Brothers. You are you are the guy. You're singing the, all the high parts and and you're playing. You're doing your thing. So now you're. Are you all writing? Did they all write, or was it just a few of them, or just you, or how, Harold how and Don? And we know it, what's weird is we never really wrote that much together. Uh, and so I would take them songs that I'd written. I came after that. I was like, what do I do now? I took them a song called My Only Love, which uh, that song was uh, was like probably the fourth song that I'd ever written. And it was a number one song. Um, and then on the next album, I took them Too Much On My Heart. Again, it was a number one song. It was, And then it was after that, it was More Than a Name On A Wall, which was, I always say these songs that God gave me. I was... Meanwhile, I was writing a lot of other songs in between that. I was writing right. a lot of junk, really, to be honest with you. I, I wrote a lot of trash after that. Uh, but these little jewels would kind of come to surface absolutely uh, every once in a while. And I knew that those were good songs when I took them to them. And I had just, I was like uh, writing these songs by myself, except for More Than a Name on a Wall, I co-wrote with a friend of mine named John Rimmel up in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but uh, these were songs that these are little God things that I saw that saw their way to where I felt like I was there for a reason. I, I just knew that I was there. I knew I was there for whether it was for to keep the Statler Brothers going or whatever it was. Right. God meant to be there and God meant for these songs to find their way. And um, I couldn't explain any of that. I, I, I look back on it. I, I, more things happened to me by accident. That I could ever plan on purpose. I I, I don't know how these things happen. Well, I just know I'm 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 a I'm a thankful person who doesn't know how I got where I got because there's so many people much more talented than I am, 
sometimes you need a reason for things, you know, that's like when, when I, before I wrote the song, I didn't have a reason to write. I just, I was learning other people's songs. I had no idea that whatever's going into me was going to come out of me one day. Right. It was, it was going to, these influences were going to come out. And even though I was in country music, I think I had a lot of the uh, influence of different kinds of music coming out of me. Sure. And it took the Stout Brothers into another, uh, more of a, uh, I, I was a big fan of the Statler Brothers in the first place. Right. Big fan of the nostalgia, big fan of the right. history, big fan of of Lou DeWitt's writing, Don's writing, and Harold's writing. Uh, Beta Roses, come on, man. Class 57. Yep. What can you say about that stuff? Right. And I I didn't write that kind of thing. I wrote more of a contemporary, I guess, sound. But it took us into the 80s. Sure, sure, absolutely. Just, uh, uh, of what was coming out. We knew They knew they had to make some kind of a a change to stay fresh without change, I guess you might say, sure. stay fresh without change of being who they were. Right. Very brilliant on their part because they took a little country boy from Nelson County, Virginia, that never had nothing. I probably never would have had nothing and took a chance on me. Right. And said, hey, and then in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, they made it easy for me because they're so professional and they're so good at what they do. They really made it easy for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had to just do what I did and and got to write some songs and and people were looking for something. The stat they wanted the Stata Brothers continue. They wanted the Stata Brothers to be uh, successful. I did. I wanted it to be successful, and so that's why and how it came to be. And I think it was it was uh, it was God guiding all of it. And I still feel that right today. Well, you know, I, I believe, I, yeah, I 100% believe that. Um, and, and I don't think anything but ha- happens. Uh, it's not happenstance. Does that make sense? It just, yeah. th- things happen for a reason. And uh, good or bad. I mean, I, I don't think, uh, I think God gives you things that, you know, he'll give you things. And it might, it might not be, you know, what you think uh, when you get it. And then later you'll find mm-hmm. out, oh, hey, that was why I did mm-hmm. that, or that's why this happened. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I feel the same way about my music career and, and things, you know, I, the way I started and I, I did the six nights a week, four and five hours a night. I did that, you know, for years. And, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, you go into that, then you get a, you get a shot, you get your break, you get your thing and, and, and you make the best of it. Um, you know, and, and, and so, okay. So we, we're, we're, we're touring with the Statler brothers. We're, we're doing our thing. And now, the Statler brothers are and now, and and I've heard a lot of different things of how they kind of, it was kind of okay. We're going to do our show. They had the Statler show, so you guys had the the television show, um, and then was it them kind of backing off touring? Um, did they not want to tour as much, or you know? So how did how did it eventually just kind of end, if you will? Yeah, they well, and it went into start doing a TV show in the early nine about nineteen ninety. And um, and from that, they were writing the show and doing everything. So we went from like doing 120 dates a year to maybe doing 20 to 40, maybe mm-hmm. because of the TV show. So a lot of changes were happening right in there because I felt like they was kind of slowing down because you know they're getting older and kind of and I kind of felt like well at some point here they're probably going to say this is over, Jimbo, and guess what? You know you you got to do something and. Uh, I wasn't expecting it as soon as it did happen, but I, uh, up until the, the show 
I figured as long as the show would go on, we would stay in the business. Right. Once the show was, I figured we'd fra- would phase out. But it was going strong for seven years. It was number one cable television show on uh, TNN. Yep. So uh, things were going really good. Uh, all of a sudden, we hear TNN's being bought out by CBS. They're taking over. So we're thinking, okay, well, they want to you know, have a meeting at some point. And uh, so Harold and Dom wrote the TV show. They had it all together. We're cruising. We're doing really good. Everything's looking really good. Uh, they have another TV show written for the next year. TV show's written for the next year. So we go into Nashville, sit down to have a meeting with CBS after they bought TNN. Uh, Harold and Don walks into the meeting uh, with their briefcases and full of all the shows that have been written. And they set the briefcase down, sit down, and the people from CBS says, hey, uh, well, you know, we just we, we're going to make a long story short here. We're just going to we're going to tell you all we're not going to do the show. We're cutting the show. We're not going to. So Harold and Don never said another word. They just got their suitcase up, briefcases, and walked out. Right. We felt like we felt like they were trying to run country music out of Nashville. They were trying to shut it down. Sure. And, and it really did seem that way for a long time. It turned into base basically. Um, they it, it, they just run every every show out and we had a great show going i mean it was number one cable television show yeah, absolutely <laughs> absolutely and, you used and, to watch it all the time <laughs> so so we felt and they felt like uh man it's just kind of it we're gonna do we're gonna tour a little bit more and and then they did and then we that was about 1998 i guess we went into touring again which we were picking back up show probably went up to about started doing about 60 to 80 dates a year. Right. And, um, then we toured until, uh, it was, uh, 2002, uh, January, 2002. Um, they called a meeting with me, with me and to come in and said, Hey, uh, Jimmy, this is the, uh, October the 26th in Salem, Virginia will be our last day. This will be it for the Statler brothers. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I don't know how to do anything else. I said, I've got to figure something. I've got to, um, I had a dream about my dad a couple of years before that, actually. My dad came in in the stream and told me that basically he said, you're going to be on your own. You got to get ready. And um, wow. I, I was so real, such a real dream. I mean, I had tears in my eyes. I was holding my dad around the waist when he walked through this door with a big light and and he came oh, wow. through and he said, I bet you never thought you'd see me again, did you, son? <laughs> and wow. and I ran over and grabbed him and I was holding on to him and I was crying and I was just I could feel his hand on my back and and uh I was saying I was sorry for all these things that I had done in my life to my dad and my tearing the transmission out of his car to <laughs> right. just uh, things. And he said, Son, it's all right. He said, You gotta you're gonna be on your own. You gotta get out there and do your show. And uh I was standing backstage and I was walking back and forth by myself and wondering why. And uh, he told me in that dream. So when they asked me that, they said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I guess I'm going to continue on. And that's what I did. I, when they when they retired, I was working uh, 11 days later. I was on the road working, opening yeah. shows for the Oak Ridge Boys. Man, I mean, so, you know, in and, and – like I said, I I remember growing up with the Statler Brothers uh, music and 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 all that and and um, so 
I'm in I'm in Nashville. We're gonna fast forward. So we're gonna fast forward to 2013. I'm in Nashville during CMA Fest, right? And uh, Mikey, uh, it's me and Mikey and Colt. We're doing an acoustic thing right in front of the. Um, uh, Remember the, that the uh, um, not the opera. Why, why can't I think? I'm 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 fumbling. Uh, the Hall of Fame. We're doing the Hall. Of, we're doing yeah. an acoustic thing right in the front, in front of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And and yep. Mike and Mikey said, "Hey, I, I think Jimmy's coming out." Well, at first I, I'm like, "Okay, who who Jimmy? I don't Jimmy. All right, good. I'm glad Jimmy's coming. You know what I mean?" And and then <laughs> and he said, uh, "He said, oh, uh, yeah, and I and I asked him a minute later. I'm like, Jimmy, who who's Jimmy? He said, Jimmy Fortune. And at first I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Wait, wait a minute. What Jimmy? Like Jimmy for like the Jimmy Fortune, like the guy." That guy is coming. And he said, absolutely, we're good friends and blah, blah, blah. And he's telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, whatever, Mike, you don't know that guy. You know, I'm thinking, you know, okay, all right, here we go. So here we are playing, and and sure enough, you and your wife uh, were, were standing right there in front of me. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm, I, you know, and, and I don't know if every artist is like that, but I'm very, um, like, I get I get intimidated, like, um, because I'm confident in what I do, but there's a time when you see somebody that you you respect and and you and you really truly adore and and have have like adoration and, and admiration for those people, um, and it's kind of like this guy has been there and done that. He's you know Hall of Famer and all this cool stuff, and and written all these big hits, and you know he's standing there watching. Well. It's intimidating for me, um, and, and so I was. I don't know why the way you sang, my guy. I remember that night, uh, that evening. Yeah, and I remember here. Of course, I I kept up with you from the uh, from the uh, X Factor, sure, uh, as well. And I was like, man, this cat can sing. What? My gosh! <laughs> and I was, and then then I was standing there watching you, in in that situation. And going, man, I was blown away because live, right, right out there with the live outside of the Hall of Fame, yeah. you were just killing it, man. Well, and uh, I was a fan. I was, I was hooked. Well, you and, know, yeah, well, I, uh, you know, coming from you, it means a ton. So um, I, now, now, you know, now we're fast forwarding a little bit longer, you know, a little bit later, and 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 you know, getting to know you. You know, you come up, introduce yourself, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And we talked about the Opry, the Lewisburg Opry that you would come play every once in a while in Lewisburg, Kansas with my buddy Elijah mm-hmm. Chastain. And uh, and it was kind of funny because I'm like, you know, I used to play. I did the Opry show and just this and that, and and, and uh, we talked about that, so we had a little bit in common there. But it was just the fact that you were you were so um, so nice uh, and, 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 and so, um, like, uplifting. And, and to me, I'm, I'm like, man, this guy, he knows me from Adam. You know, he could, you know, I'm just a, another person that Mikey's playing, you know, a buddy of his is playing with, he comes see, you know, it's kind of one of those yeah. things. But but to me, it was truly like, oh, my gosh, you know, Jimmy Fortune, you know, I'm friends with Jimmy Fortune. I am, I'm, I am friends. I can, I have his phone number. I don't call him. You know what I mean? <laughs> to me, and, and that's so cool because, you know, as a as a country music, not just an artist, and, and forget me being an artist part of it, but as a country music fan, uh, for me, growing up with the history of country music and the love that I have for our music, uh, it means a ton. Like, I, I mean, um, and, and I make, I, I kind of tell the, it, I tell it like uh, when I stayed at the house, at your house uh, that night, I, you know, um, 
I wanted to sleep in your office because it had all the awards. You know, here's all these ACMs and CMAs, all these all these cool awards, and I'm I'm just hoping that one of them rub like I can maybe one will rub off on me, and I win I win something, and it'll be cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> all the greatness in the room, um, but it means the world, man. It means the world, Jimmy, that you you take the time and talk to me today, and and um, but so now all that aside, now let's talk about what Jimmy Fortune is doing. Today, obviously, with Mikey uh, and Ben and and Bradley. Um, so, how did that? So, they call you. Did Ben call you? Did how did that? How did you get involved in in the whole brotherly love thing? Ben and Ben Isaac's produced the last four projects of mine: uh, Hits and Hymns, the Classics, uh, my uh, God and Country CD. Um, and so, I teamed up with him about five six years ago now, I guess, uh, with Bill Gaither and that organization. It's been a great marriage. I mean, it really has. I mean, we just get along so good. But we talked about not just me being solo. We He talked about, and I talked about too, maybe putting together some voices, maybe some, maybe a quartet one day and, mm-hmm. and seeing what we could come up with. Well, Ben really, uh, he kept working on it. He kept thinking about it. And then we got, of course, we knew Mike, and Mike was so talented. Mike Rogers is yes, just sir. one of the most talented people in the world. Yes, sir. I mean, I came to this town 16 years ago, met Mike Rogers, totally fell in love with the man because he is he is that talented, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so then uh, late, years later, I meet Bradley Walker. Of course, uh, uh, he I'm a big fan of his anyway, seeing him on TV, seeing him on the Gaithers. You know, I finally yeah. met him. And then um, Ben starts talking about Bradley and about, hey, why – Maybe you, me, Bradley, Mike, maybe we could uh, get together sometimes and just see what we come up with. Yes, sir. And uh, we got together at uh, Ben's house one night and uh, started throwing songs out there because the Gaithers were, the organization, the company uh, was, label was interested in us doing something. And so we put together some songs and everything. We went, actually went down to the, the uh, to where their offices are in uh, Brentwood down there and we sang some songs for them and they just were like man we got we really need to do this and this was a this was a brainstorm and a baby of ben's for sure right ben has always been our fearless leader and um so (laughs) we we heard the harmonies and we heard that uh we loved each other so much right and the respect for each other uh was there and and not just the, the, the singing and the, the blend and everything, but it was our love and respect for one another. Sure. When people hear it, I think you hear that. I think you feel that. I think you, in the DVD, you definitely see it. And so people have really, this thing's gone all around the world. I mean, it's gone all, we get, we get, we get mail from, from these little teeny little places you never heard of saying right. they love brotherly love and they love, when we look at each other and we smile and we laugh and they love the songs and they love the harmony. I mean, these are, it's a, it's another God thing in my life that, that the, these guys, we truly love each other. And it is, uh, it's a big blessing. It really is. And, and I get to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm almost got my brother's back again in a way. Right. Uh, right. Right. We just lost Harold back in April. He, yep. April he passed away last year. Yeah. And I miss him very much. And, um, 
you know, he was just bigger than life. And, uh, you know, people, people are getting older. I'm getting older. Right. I can't believe these guys want me in the band, in the group. Cause I'm getting so much, I'm getting older too, but, well, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, it, you, you, uh, the effortless, the effortless singing that you do, um, to me is, is, uh, uh, it's second to none, my friend. It is, in fact, it's kind of funny. So, uh, back to me loving country music and, and, and the tradition and of country and all that stuff. But when you sing um, the Eagles tune that you guys recorded on there, on that project, um, it's like it was like you were meant to be part of the Eagles. Like you were supposed <laughs> to sing that song. You know what I mean? And then when you sing Crying, I'm like, I'm okay, so yeah. all right, well, I, I, okay, I guess he was supposed to record crying too, because it fits. You, does that make sense? I mean, I'm I'm not even kidding. It, it, you know. Well, it, it's just like it's just like with you when you sing a song to me. Every the songs that you sing, you make it you you make it yours. A singer uh, is a singer, but an artist is an artist, and an artist will take something that is already there. And he will make it his own. Sure. You know what I'm sure. saying? And that's what you do with a song, too, as well. And so um, I always say that there's a lot of singers out there in the world. There are singers that sing yep. and do everything and do all the tricks. and all. But yeah. when, you, when you mix uh, what your voice is or your, or your instrument, right. and you run it through not just to your hands, you run it through your heart. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You run it through your heart, and it has to go through your heart to me to come out and and be something that's living and something that people can really relate to. Yep. There's no machine in the world that can take that and make it the magic that your heart. If you run it through your heart, absolutely, it's going. You 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 to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's what I've tried to explain to people, even the people that come along and and sing with me on the road. We we all connect, and if if you're not having fun, if you're not loving what you're doing, it don't happen. No, you know, hundred percent. You can't make it. You can't just make something and not. But I will, I have enjoyed my musical career, and I'm I'm actually enjoying music now more than I ever have in my life. And, well, and you know what the the thing of it is is the more every day, the more I learn. The more I don't, I learned that I, I realize I don't know. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not very smart, Jimmy. So um, I learn stuff every day, and and uh, I Me realize too. I realize how dumb I really am most of the time. Um, well, listen, man. Uh, I'm I'm super stoked about the the brotherly love project for you guys, and and. Uh, um, to, to me, like I said, it, it just fits. The whole thing just fits. Um, and uh, I know when you guys go out and, and you tour this brotherly love thing that I'll be the opening act uh, somehow, yes. somewhere, some way. I, you guys are, hey, I'm going to hide on the bus. I'm just going to hide in the bus. You won't even know I'm there. You're like, hey, what? We've got to get he, this COVID thing over with so we can do some shows together, man. Absolutely. Because, absolutely. Man, I, I, I have got – I. Life is not going to be the same until I can hear Tate Stevens sing. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you that. I tell because you. you got the passion, you got the love, you got the talent, and uh, you're a good man, Tate Stevens. You're well, a good man, and uh, I appreciate you, brother. I well, really I do. It. I appreciate that. And uh, listen, man. Uh, again, thank you for taking your time and and talking with us. This. Uh, 
you know, uh, the podcast thing is is brand new to me, but um, you know, I'm having fun with it, uh, and I get to talk to my friends and and see people I, I, I hadn't seen in a long time. So um, let me tell you, um, you uh, you uh, you do a great job at it, man. Ain't many people do as good a job as you do at this stuff. This you're natural, son. <laughs> I think you got something going myself. Well, everybody says I talk too much, so uh, um, I, no. this is something maybe I can do. I can talk all the time. So anyway, <laughs> all right, Jimmy. Well, I appreciate your time, sir, and uh, we'll see you down the road, I'm sure, and uh, I'll see you soon. I'll be in town. Uh, I'm sure, Mike, you'll have me doing something uh, soon. So, uh, well, when we'll you do, let time. me know so we together. Absolutely. I appreciate you, sir. Love you, and take care of yourself. Love you too, buddy. All right. God bless. Yep. All right, guys, thanks for listening. That's episode number three with my buddy, Mr. Jimmy Fortune. I hope you enjoyed that as awesome. much as I did. It's He's so awesome. Guys, next week, we're going back to the 1990s, probably, in my opinion, the best era of country music, at least for me. Uh, and we're going to talk to my buddy, Mr. Roger Carson, big-time radio personality here in town. Uh, yeah. So check it out. Give us a five-star rating. If you haven't rated it, give us a five-star rating. And leave us a review. And Speaking uh, of reviews. Let's read some. Yeah. How about that? All right. We have one here from Steve E5672. Real good. No, I mean real good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And from Good Stuff. It's a Rick. Well, the the uh, subject line was good stuff. I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good, <laughs> from good stuff. From good stuff. I don't know. It just doesn't say. But anyway, give us a big Rick Flair. Woo! Fun listening from a great buddy who did real good. Keep it up. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. I appreciate it. And one from Doctor Malachi O'Brien. Man, it says uh, just looking forward to all Tate is going to talk about in this podcast. Ah, it'll be authentic and valuable. Appreciate it. So, guys, awesome. listen, we're going to read some. Every every week we'll read some different reviews. So leave us one uh, if you want it read, and we'll try to get to it. Yeah, and we also have uh, from Ken Smithers. He says, this is great. Love to hear the X-Factor story. Uh, so it's about the X-Factor episode. Oh, cool. And can't wait to hear more about your concerts. Who would you love to work with and sing with? Hope to see some more video clips from the podcast and show on the YouTube page. Great job, Tate. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ken. We appreciate it. And so, like I said, oh, we got one yeah, more. Yeah, one sorry. more. All right. I one we more done. on the docket. No, man. They're right. just flooding in this week. <laughs> flooding in. <laughs> uh, it's from Connie Koken. She says, loved it, Tater. Oh, Short and awesome. sweet. Awesome. Well, Connie, we appreciate that. AJ and I, we're working awful hard down here in the, in the old uh, studio. I in guess the pod dungeon. In the pod dungeon. That's the that's the name of <laughs> that's it, right? The name. Now. That's the, the pod dungeon. We're in the pod dungeon. So anyway, <laughs> guys, review remember, subscribe, give us a five star, and uh give us a review, man. We'll read them. Yeah, we'll read them. And we'll see you guys next time. Ain't this a sweet life? Hey guys, thanks for listening. Want to ask a question for a future episode? Well, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter with hashtag Sweet Life Podcast. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date on the latest news and information for the Sweet Life Podcast. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>